Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Tuesday. We are already on the 7th of May. That's so cool. I I just say it. It's so cold out here. It still feels the same, and it will probably until July, but it's still such a great time of year. I just love the changes. And today, I got to talk about, have to talk about our ego, because our ego is a necessary part of this whole we're on earth thing. It's the Failing coupled with the temptations of learning to hear our own mind, learning pure love through all the riffraff that goes on in life. But how does the ego look or sound when it's in your mind? And then on top of it being in there, how does it make it? where you think that your ego is your own thought. Now, this is a definite splitting hairs conversation because it's logical to think that all of our thoughts are our own thoughts. That's logical. But when you talk about energy, that puts on an entirely different dimension. Because energy flows, it comes and it goes, and if it's invited in through fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt, you're going to be dealing with thoughts that you normally wouldn't have. And a great example of that, and I mentioned little examples on and off in shows in the past, just like yesterday's show, I told the story of of David so many times before but from another angle. And this angle is also from energy's angle. Because this week, I just have to focus on us seeing that energy moves, but we're the ones in control of it moving once we know what it is. Because most of the time, it just blindsides us. It's like you're fine. You call someone on the phone, they start complaining about this, and you could feel yourself just tighten. And then you get off the phone, and you just picked up their anxiety. Now you have it. And now you got it. And the next time that person wants to call you, you're a little concerned about picking up the phone, not because you don't want to pick up the phone and talk to them, but because you don't want to feel like that afterwards. So what does energy appear like in your mind? How does it get you to do things you would have never thought of doing? And those are usually stories at the end of the day where you're like, oh, my God. And then the stuff that you really feel is hard for you to do. If you really like someone, you don't go up and just tell them. 
because it's really hard to do. If you're a guy, sometimes it's easier. You'll ask. And if you're, you know, a woman who likes to ask, you can do it. And now with all the different accepted variations of life, now we even can, you know, just like my, my son did it where he was walking past a woman who was completely tatted and he's like, hey, colorful. That was really cute. I never thought of it that way, but wow. So we're starting to be able to comment on our differences and enjoy that. And that breaks away the power of ego. But let me give you an example of ego. So let's say there's a happily married man doing fine, never thought any different. And he goes to work and a new person shows up. Let's say it's a woman. And the woman kind of thinks he's cute. So now she's talking to him and she's trying to make headway. She sees a ring on his finger. She knows he's married. She doesn't say anything like, hey, you know what? You're really cute or that. But she keeps complimenting him, keeps coming around. And all of a sudden, that guy's sitting at his desk doing his work. He daydreams. Now he's daydreaming and he's thinking, gosh, she's really pretty and gosh, she's really nice. She's paying a lot of attention to me. You know, it's how she feels like she likes me and he may, in his mind, get an image of them kissing each other. That is ego. Right there. What it does is it shows you a picture, like a flash, of what, where you can go with this. Knowing full well that that will completely disturb your life. Then it shows you another one. Then that gets your heart racing. You think your heart is racing because you're attracted, but your heart's really racing because you are starting to formulate, they call it grooming in psychology. And they call it grooming in a different context, like when you're trying to prepare a child, like, you know, an adult who's going to violate a child or something like that. They groom them. They don't just walk in and and violate them. And, And that's ego, but physical. This is ego that isn't physical yet. And this is why I'm talking about it, because I want it to be seen so the guy's sitting there having these images and thinking about it you know his heart starts racing and thinks wow I must really be excited about this I haven't felt like this in a long time he forgets how deep love is and changes but He lets it go, and it kind of makes him feel good. But then later on, he sees the woman before he leaves from home, and he kind of wants to make sure he does see her. So he starts to think about, oh, what's her routine, and when will she be leaving? And he starts, you know, just quiet, just very innocent. No one knows this is going on yet, not even him, really. But it's beginning. Now, how do you address that? 
Well, now that we've had this conversation, and it may start to show you that, you would say, oh, that's just my ego trying to trip me up and laugh at yourself and go on. But if you don't know that, you start thinking that's something special. And that special just outweighed your whole life, your wife, your kids, your home, everything you built. Now you're thinking of kissing a woman that paid attention to you and thinking that no one will ever know. How would they know? But we don't take into account because ego doesn't take into account outcomes. Ego just takes into account getting you there. The outcomes are always disastrous. But ego gets you caught up in something that you probably don't want to be doing. And it makes it look and feel so extra special. I mean, geez, with a cherry on top. And it makes you feel like, oh, like almost like a drug. Then the guy comes in if he starts timing when she's coming and going, and then she starts feeling that, and then she starts playing up to it, and then he's playing up to it, and then they feel like they can't control themselves. And they can't. But ego told them they can't, and they really believed that that's what they were thinking. That continues to feel like that. Every time they get together, now they're getting together. Now they're, they've crossed the line. Now they're trying to figure out how to be together before work or after work. And what happens? One of the two starts to demand more time and puts pressure on it. Now there's jealousies that start to form because now feelings are starting to form. Ego didn't have a plan for that. Ego just took you there. So if you ever see or feel something that takes you to ego-driven thoughts, it never has an answer. And if the answers that it does try to give you don't have issues in them, It's an illusion because ego doesn't have an outcome that isn't disastrous. What ego does is it sets the stage for you to cross the line because you don't know yourself well enough to stop it. So the other day I posted something that says how rejections build us into people who know who we are. When we can't reject our ego, it teaches us who we are. Like, wow, I really must have needed excitement. Wow, I didn't know myself well enough to know that that wasn't my voice. But this is the good stuff. This is the special thought that Christ teaches and has been showing me over and over again and at first it comes out like in here and there shows and then I realize 
this needs to be talked about. What else does ego look like? Because someone asked me about rejection. Well, how does rejection build us into people who know who we are? When rejection comes to us from the outside, we're left to deal with ourselves. There's no one there to come and baby us through being rejected. We have to say, hey, you know what? No matter what happened on the outside of me, I'm still okay. Not only am I okay, I'm okay now, and I made it through that rejection. Like I'm double okay. Wow, that makes me even stronger. But rejections that come when the energy that's coming into our head, when the thoughts that are coming into our head are not normal thoughts to us. I remember once in the beginning, very beginning of seeing Christ, and I was at a stoplight. And it was at the time when I was really mortified that I'd seen him. And I I didn't even know if I could deliver. And I didn't know what it meant to my life and and what I was supposed to do with it. And it just all this stuff. It was at the beginning of the beginning. And I remember being at a stoplight. And I had, I wish I could remember the thought, though, but it was a horrible thought about someone. I wish I I could remember it, but the reason I can't remember it is because in that moment, I knew that wasn't my thought. Like, I knew, like, I was like, where did that come from? It was so crazy that I had to ask myself where it came from because I don't even think that way. I knew enough to know that. And Christ said that someone around me, on my right or my left, was thinking horrible things, and I picked it up from them. And I thought, holy cow, it was just like a a split-second glimpse, and it totally rocked my brain to hear something like that. And it was horrible. And I, I immediately kicked it out. I was like, I don't know what that was, but that wasn't me. I was fighting it, almost like it was a person. So when you have thoughts that just show up out of nowhere, you're having a great day, and then something says, well, what if this happens? Say, well, a lot of things can happen. It's like worrying about an earthquake. What are you going to do, obsess over stuff that could happen? But that's how ego plants seeds of anxiety. Let's say you're trying to no longer eat foods that are causing you to gain weight. Just something that simple. You want to lose weight. You've just been to the doctor. The doctor said, hey, you know what? This is high. That's high. That's high. Everything's high. You need to watch what you eat. Start by, and the doctor gives you some kind of plan. You come home. You haven't cleaned out your house yet of the junky foods. And your brain goes, well, you know, let's pretend you didn't go to the doctor today. Let's pretend you went to the doctor tomorrow. And just kind of do what you did before you got there. It's okay. Just one more day. And then you do that. 
and you say, yeah, you know, it's just one more day. Who really cares? In the grand scheme of things, it won't matter, and you go for it. And you do that, and then you feel horrible. You feel that feeling that took you to the doctor in the first place. But let's say you didn't go to the doctor and you were just normal that day. Ego doesn't have anything to work with because no one told you not to. So it doesn't need to tell you to do it. You're just business as usual. And what it will attack are other things. It will find something every single day to attack you with. That's what it looks like. Imagine it coming from the outside in. It is a second voice in our head. Our voice is the first voice. And when we don't listen to our first voice, that second voice can rule. There's something about It's repetition. It keeps showing you the same thing over and over again. And if you buy the first thing, like let's say that man in the office, and he's like, hmm, that sounds kind of good. I wouldn't mind doing that. No one will ever know. Men cheat all the time. That's what men are about. Mm -hmm. And he's like ready to go. Ego will take you to the next step and to the next step, and to the next step until you are so far in it that you are blind, that you're dropping clues everywhere. Now your wife's figuring it out. And before you know it, you're caught in the act. Now what? Now you got to go through the arguments with the wife. You got to choose between the affair and the life you have. If either one of them will take you back, You have to live with yourself that you don't trust yourself, let alone anyone else can trust you. And on and on and on, you become the cliche, you become the statistic. Because ego is predictable. You may not be caught today, but ego's job is to teach you a lesson. So you're going to be caught someday, even if It just weirds you down to the ground and fills you with anxiety of getting caught. Ego is the complete opposite of trust in yourself. Forget anybody else on the face of this earth that will be affected. Because everything starts with us. We're our own ecosystem. We create our own world. If we can reconcile in our minds that this isn't in my best interest or I'm not really interested in this person. I know nothing about them, but all of a sudden ego is showing me pictures of doing things with this person. Do I really want to do that? How do I even know what their makeup is, their psychological makeup is? But ego doesn't show you any of that. All it shows you is the TV half-hour version of how that's going to work out. 
And of course, it's going to be great. And of course, it's going to make you feel extra special. Only to drop you to the ground that you can't trust yourself afterwards. The guy I was talking about yesterday, one to kill himself. That was pure ego telling him that's the answer. Because ego knows that if you listen to it, you are an automatic comeback. Somebody said that yesterday. I can't remember who said it online. I think it was Christopher Sedre about, you know, you don't automatically come back. I'm like, that's one of the things I saw when I saw Christ. It made me completely look at suicide differently. I used to, you know, be mortified that somebody was able to feel such despair that they did that to themselves. And when I found out that they just broke their own contract, it's not about God. God, you know, we're here. God loves us already. It's about us coming here to learn, not to be so scared of God. Ego puts fear of God in us. Not about fearing God and overloving God because it's God. God loves us already. Believing in God is different than fearing God. Fearing God is doing things to be good, whatever that means. Loving God is understanding God. There's a huge World of difference in thought because love is acceptance and fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt is ego. And we all have it. I mean, my God, I see Christ and I talk to him. Or he talks to me most of the time, but you know what I mean. And ego shows up at my door pretty regularly. And the more I know, the bigger and harder it tries. So if you feel like, wow, I know all of this and ego's still showing up, it's not because you're bad. It's because it's its job. It's that energy that's ready for any taker. But if you understand it, you can see what's you and what isn't. If you understand yourself enough, when ego comes in and says, oh, take the money. No one will ever know. Oh, you'll just be with this person once. Aren't those images great that I'm showing you in your head? Doesn't that just look perfect? But, of course, it's only from one point of view, and it's not yours, and it's not the other person's. It's ego's point of view. That's why communication with people we love is so important is it takes us out of just a conversation with ego. Because when you're having a conversation with ego and you don't understand that that's what's going on, you're going to listen to it until you learn not to. But if you can see that, even if your conversation is just with God, just with God, understatement of the year but if it's with God 
you will you will see what's yours and what isn't yours. That's why talking to yourself is so valuable, especially if you record it and listen to it and go, wow, I was really thinking to do that. I'm so glad that I got to hear it out loud because that's not who I want to be. It is absolutely amazing the resources we have when we can identify that why would I want to hurt myself? by stealing or cheating or lying. Why would I want to do that? Why would I think out of all the people in the world that I would get away with it? You're not gonna. Most chances are you're not gonna. I always, you know, with my kids, because when you talk to kids, they're, they're, Yes, my kids, but they're young adults that live in this world that everyone else sees as people. So I don't walk around giving my kids this special treatment because they're my kids. I I look at them as, oh, my God, they're people in the world. So how can I best tell them what ego looks like? So if my son or my daughter come up to me with some kind of idea or thought, And I say, you know, if you take that thought any further, you'll be one of those people I watch on the news. And then they start laughing. Because that's my way of describing ego. I'm like, well, they listen to it all the way to the news, to a high-speed chase that made them believe they weren't going to get caught in the beginning. They would be that one person who doesn't get caught. But those never end well. People who have affairs, some of them hold it on their whole life and they think they're great because they didn't get caught. But it just killed them inside. It was hard on them inside. They couldn't handle the lying. And sometimes on their deathbeds, everything starts coming out. Or people tell you what they've been doing when you're dying and they apologize to you. People who aren't good to their kids, ego tells them, don't admit it. But if you go to your kid and you say, hey, you know what? You are actually right on that. And you're able to say that, the child will respect you for the rest of your life and you of theirs. Because truth is the ultimate respect. And that's to yourself and to others. And we all know it. When we hear the truth, we rest. Ego is the ultimate disrespect. And that disrespect is of us to ourselves, just not knowing who we are enough to know that that's ego. But we have evolved to a point in life where we can see these finer points that tell us we're better than someone. We're not. Smarter. We're not. We're more important to God. We're not. That we have to earn God's love. We don't. That there's a hell we're going to burn in. Oh, no way. But 
based on all those fears, doubts, and worries, ego just slides right in. You've got to be better than that person. You are better than that person. You can get away with this. You are smarter than other people. No one will ever catch you. How many times have you seen someone get caught and all of a sudden they're so relieved and they want to tell you everything once they are caught because holding on to stuff like that gets to be so heavy that you don't care what happens to you. You just need to throw it up, put it on the table, get it out of you, and never want to look at it again. All because ego made you think that that was you thinking it. You were the powerful one. Ego rejects our purest feelings and comes in to replace them with scenarios visually in your thoughts. Oh, why do I keep thinking that? Well, because you didn't tell it to leave. That's right. You keep thinking that. Listen to your voice today. Listen to your thoughts today. And anything that you really don't like that isn't at the end where you can see an outcome, try to start identifying how it just kind of walks right in uninvited, kind of invited through our fears. You guys, my time is up. Have a great day. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.